0: hi i'm samantha hi i'm sarah and And we we are are the doom Doom crew (laughs) damn you hey nerds welcome to the doom crew i'm samantha and today i'm gonna tell you about a murderess from malaysia
1: And I'm Sarah, and I'm going to tell you about another teen romance gone bad.
0: Oh, boy. Two
1: weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yep. Seth Jackson was born on February 3rd, 1996 in Escala, Florida to parents Sonia and Scott Jackson. Seth grew up in Summerfield, Florida and attended Bellevue High School. He loved playing video games, riding four-wheelers, BMXing, and enjoyed spending time with his family and friends. He was a normal teenage boy. Um, he had dreams of becoming an ultimate fighting champion. Oh, he wanted to go into the UFC? He sure did. Okay. He had two brothers, Scott Jr. and Stefan. Seth would, did have some issues with the law. In 2010, at the age of 14, he was arrested for theft and burglary. In 2011, at the age of 15, he was arrested again for theft and criminal mischief. Hmm. Mm Hmm. These Incidents resulted in him being placed on probation. Seth was also expelled from school for fighting, specifically for punching a student who had been bullying him. Oh. According to his mom, he had been bullied throughout his childhood and experienced emotional and mental health issues as a result. So, despite her efforts to address the issue with the school, the bullying persisted and Seth continued to fight back until eventually it led to his expulsion. Mm. At the age of 15, Seth had a teenage romance with a girl named Amber Wright, who was also 15. So their relationship ended rather fast, like a few months, which Mm -hmm. at 15, checks out. Yeah. It was like, seems standard. (laughs) Pretty common. Yeah. Uh, The two went back and forth on Facebook, talking some serious teenage shit, and it was rough. Like, calling each other names cussing each other out threatening each other all the fun things wait the two in a relationship after they broke up yes
0: oh after they bro- i'm so sorry like we literally talked about them breaking up and then i was like
1: why are they fighting
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine keep going okay <laughs>
1: jesus so i'm even trying to pay a better attention to you do better i know right Things got worse when Seth found out Amber and Mike Bargo were dating. <gasps> oh no. Potter? No. You're not allowed to have an opinion on them dating. I don't he know. confronted them at a party. Seth wasn't scared when Mike was trying to intimidate him and punched Mike in the face. Mike was 18 years old and he was laid out by a 15 year old boy. He was embarrassed as fuck. Um yeah. Amber obviously stood by her new boyfriend's side and tried to make him feel better. Stand by your
0: man. I don't even know how that
1: song goes. Me neither. <laughs> I don't even know that song you're singing. <laughs> I
0: think it's like Dolly Parton or something. Oh. Stand by your man or Tammy Leaf, Tammy Faye. Who knows? I'll look it up. Okay.
1: The tension began to intensify. Seth posted that Mike couldn't fight online. And that was, you know, how he dare he diss him.
0: It's by Tammy Wynette.
1: And then <laughs> I'm sorry. Moving forward. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Um uh, and then Seth and Mike started to go back and forth online. Kyle Hooper, who had previously been friends with Seth, but was more importantly, Amber's brother. Defended his sister. He told Seth to stop calling his sister names on Facebook, which seems Makes fair. sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Well, things kept escalating. Seth ended up going over to the rights, uh, Amber and Kyle's home, to confront them. He was yelling on the lawn. He lashed out and said that they were both going to be sorry, and he was going to burn their house down with everyone in it. Oh, boy. So, you know, teenage emotions. He's doing great. Uh-huh. Well, one day William Samalot, who was Seth's best friend, Samalot. I know, I love it. That's I cute. love it.
0: I know. I'm like, <laughs> listen, my username could change. Samalot is no, a good is guy. Funny.
1: He's Samalot's a good guy.
0: Yeah, no, I meant oh. from my current.
1: Oh, I got you right. Samalama
0: dingus. To be
1: Samalot, I bet Samalot's already fucking taken. It's clever. It is very clever. Mm. Well, I digress. William was trying to text Seth to see if he wanted to go to the skate park after school. He ended up calling Seth's mother, Sonia, and asking if Seth was around because he couldn't get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. Sonia began to get upset because she had assumed that Seth stayed with William the night before. Mm -hmm. She hung up with William stating she was going to call the police. So she called the police and Deputy Paul Bloom was on duty and came to their house. He wasn't too worried because he said nine times out of ten... They're just staying with a friend or they temporarily ran away when they're 15. Yeah, but um, like it isn't. I know. So Sonia showed the police officer her phone, which had text messages between her and Seth. She asked him if he needed a ride and he replied with, never mind, bitch. Screw the ride. I'm not coming home. Staying the night with friends. She said he'd never talked to her like that, not in person, over the phone or over text. And it was very out of character. Mm. The deputy still assumed Seth was just a runaway at this point. Uh, They still took a list of like Seth's friends and Sonia told him about a girl Amber that he'd broken up with recently. And her brother, Kyle Hooper was who was also Seth's friend. So the police jumped on social media where they saw the beginning of a little love story between the two. They were madly in love. They had pictures together, little hearts, little emojis, little I love yous everywhere. Then they saw the shit talking that came after. So a detective Grantham went to question Amber, Wright, And she said she did see Seth the night before. um, But it was just a quick hello. Um, At Amber's house was also her friend, Charlie Ely, who corroborated, corroborated, corroborated. Thank you. Who corroborated. They saw Seth the night before at an intersection while going on a walk. Grantham called in another police officer, Lieutenant Todd's Spinkter. Spinkter? Spinkter. Spinkter? Spik Spinkter. S P I C H E R. Spickter. Spickter. Sphincter? Hang on. S P I C H E R. Speaker. Sp- spicker. We'll go with Spicker sounds spicker sounds yeah better than spinker. spinker i was like there's no n <laughs> no or T. I'm, I'm just doing my own damn sphincter okay. officer sphincter grantham called in another police officer lieutenant todd Sp- spicker spicker <laughs> they decided to separate the two and question them separately um todd lieutenant todd took charlie to the intersection um, that they had been talking about having ran into seth and Amber stayed at the house with the other detective. Amber stated they bumped into him on the street corner, and Seth had been fighting with his mom, and she figured he just went home. Charlie said something quite different. She said she heard a loud bang, thought it was a firecracker or gun, and then they saw Seth take off running down the road.
0: What? Yeah,
1: that's weird. Yeah, the detective had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. She thought the person may have shot at Seth, And she said she saw the guy. She said it was Mike Bargo, Amber's new boyfriend. Oh. Um, Mike was 18 and out of school. Since Charlie lived on her own, Mike stayed there a lot. He even had his own room at Charlie's house. Oh. Which is weird. Yeah. But whatever. Amber never mentioned anything about anyone else at the intersection. And when detectives confronted her about it, she contradicted everything Charlie said. Mm, Great. They asked her why she didn't advise that she was dating someone, and she said she didn't think it was important. She said it doesn't matter because Charlie wasn't telling the truth. Mike wasn't there. Yeah. The two claimed they didn't know where Seth was, nor did they know where Mike was. While the detectives were at Amber's house, William, Seth's best best friend, rode up on his bike. He wanted to ask Amber if she knew where Seth was. William said Seth and him were hanging out the night before. He said, Seth got a phone call from Amber. William could hear part of the conversation, and she was saying she loved him and missed him and wanted to see him.
0: Hmm.
1: Seth said he wanted to leave, and he was just going to go home. He told William he knew he shouldn't talk to her, but he said he could tell that Seth was upset. Yeah. But he just figured he went home. Yeah. William said Mike wanted to be a badass, but they saw past him. Said he was the leader of a hangout spot at Charlie's house. William and Seth weren't friends of that crowd. They got bad vibes, so they didn't really hang out there. So William didn't know them that well. Okay. The police told William they thought that Seth ran away, and he said, absolutely fucking not. Um, With how adamant he was that Seth would not run away, they decided to search the local areas, which I just think it's funny that someone had to be adamant that he couldn't have run away for you to do that.
0: Yeah. No, they never listened. Never. I feel like... All of these stories start and we're talking about police who are like, no, they ran away. And they're like insistent that they didn't and they and don't th-
1: listen. They like, never believe the parents because it's always beef between parents and kids. Like, I want to know, if is so there
0: data about like how often they s- actually run away? Yeah. Um, like, that's what I want to know. Like, how often do you find out that these kids
1: just came back? I don't know. But it took a friend who, like, his best friend to yeah. be like, hey, fucking listen. He didn't run away.
0: Yeah. And why so. are they listening to the friend over the parents? Because kids have
1: beef with their parents. Yeah, but, like, still. I, I, don't d- know, you, I don't know. My friends knew me better than my parents knew me as a teenager.
0: Yeah, as soon as I was saying it, I was like, I mean, I get
1: that. Yeah. You're telling your friends definitely things you don't tell your parents. Yeah. So... Um... The police also did more looking into Michael Bargo character. Mike had a record. He was known for carrying weapons, and he had a restraining order against him from another juvenile within the last year. So he was just a great guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At this point, getting a hold of Mike was a priority. Uh, they wanted to talk to him, and he was an obvious person of interest. Yeah. Uh, William searched on his own as well. He figured he could get more information than the police could. He confronted Amber. She told him there are just some things you don't need to know. And that fucked him up. He was desperate to find out any anything and everything he could, so he kept looking for more information. He looked late into the evening, and he couldn't find out anything else on his own. On Tuesday morning, the police received a call that blew the case wide open. Tracy Wright Amber and Kyle's mother called, stating that they needed to send detectives to come to her home right away to speak with her son, Kyle. So they picked up the siblings and took them back to the sheriff's office. Detective Rhonda Shroop was the main detective in their case. She asked them to turn over their cell phones, which they did. She then took Kyle and his mom into an interrogation room and set Amber in her own room. They started talking with Kyle first. Kyle stated Seth wanted to talk to Amber. They came back to the house, Amber, Charlie, and Seth. Mike Bargo was there with his friend Justin Soto. He said Mike was extremely upset. He turned around, and then all of a sudden he hears, bam, bam, bam. Mike was sitting there with bullets. He said Mike killed Seth, and it was a surprise to everyone else there. Then they brought Amber in with her mom. Hmm. Amber said she was too afraid to tell the truth before. She claimed when they got there, Kyle was in the living room, and Mike was off in his own room, as he always is. Mike then stormed out of the room and shot Seth. Amber said she looked at Charlie and screamed, run. And so the two of them took off to the bathroom, and Mike came back and told them if they said anything, he'd have two more bodies to have to take care of. So they then brought in Charlie Ely. Because this all happened in her fucking house. And she was involved. So she said... That she thought Mike wanted to just kick Seth's ass. She thought that's why her and Amber were bringing Seth back to the home. Was just for Mike to scare him. Sure. So then the detectives put all three of them in a room together. Where they were recorded. But because they were dumbass children... They didn't realize they were being recorded. Oh, my God. So fucking stupid. So anyways, Amber said, everything keeps playing in my head. Kyle said, we did not kill an innocent kid because he wasn't innocent. Threatened to burn my house and kill my family inside. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, not done. The teens seemed concerned that it would be all over the news and a ton of people would hate them. Now, Kyle, because he's real smart, um, didn't understand why Charlie and Amber were concerned about it, saying, why would people hate us? And Amber said, a 15-year-old kid was murdered because of us. Detective Stroop came back into the room, and they tried to say they didn't do anything. Stroop said, a person was murdered. We all knew. We all planned it. Own up to it. Charlie said she was scared of Mike, and the detective told her to stop talking. (laughs) She told her, We recorded everything you said. She told him, stop talking. Oh, my God. So remember how they had confiscated all their phones? Well, then Uh phone records confirmed Amber reached out to Seth first. She told him not to tell anyone he was coming, which he didn't. Mm -hmm. At 7.58 p.m., Amber texted, meet at the corner of 140th Street and 58th Court near Charlie's house. Seth at 8 p.m., okay, I'm walking up the hill now. Amber at 805 PM said see you there. Seth at 822 PM said, I'm at the neighborhood road. That's a long walk, by the way. I agree. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait.
0: 805, minutes- she says I'll see you there. And I'm like, wait, he's not there yet? Like he's not waiting later? on her.
1: No. Nope. God. So what a walk. He obviously really wanted to see Amber. She's but, Yeah. As at least as William had claimed, was telling him she loved him and Wanted to be with him, and he obviously felt the same, considering he walked that far to see her. Well, then, he was surprised when he got there to see Charlie. He was like, I thought we were talking about being together, but... Yeah. Here's your friend? Yeah. Okay. Well, Amber convinced Seth to go back to Charlie's place, and that's where Seth was lured into a deadly trap. Mike and Kyle waited in the back room... Kyle came out and hit Seth over his head. Mike then shot him in the back twice. Seth ran out the door. Michael shot him in the back of the head. Mike and Justin then dragged Seth back in, hogtied him, and placed him in the bathtub. Somehow Seth was still alive. Oh, my God. That is when Mike shot him a final time and killed him. Wow. They then had to dispose of his body. Um... They already had a fire going in the backyard fire pit where Mike, Kyle, and Justin drug his body. Amber and Charlie were there to get Seth into the home. Kyle, Justin, and Mike were supposed to end his life. (sighs) The detectives found Bowden fragments in the fire pit. The rest of his body was recovered in a nearby quarry in paint cans. Oh, in paint cans? Yeah, because he had been burned, and so they took the ashes and put them in paint cans and threw them in a quarry. Um, The police still didn't have Mike in custody, um, but they later located him at his friend's house. They were all charged with first-degree murder, life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mike Bargo was actually sentenced to death, and at the age of 21, he was the youngest person to be on death row in Florida. He still claims his innocence yeah okay yeah okay he told fox 35 that he was unhappy with his legal team and that the case against him was false so many lies it was beyond ridiculous he said of the evidence against him he claimed nobody wanted to hear and nobody wanted to sit there and tell the truth so the 21 year old's last words before he was led back to his cell were may god have mercy on my soul You've watched one too many movies, kid. Yeah,
0: sorry. I forgot this is an audio media. I just rolled my eyes clear
1: to the back of my head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so... I'm not done. After serving nine years at Lowell Correctional Prison, Charlie Ely filed an appeal to her conviction. It set in motion her release after her life sentence was vacated. Her attorney... Called it bittersweet. He stated, Charlie is happy to be going home. But at the same time, there's really nothing to celebrate. She feels terrible for the Jackson family. This case is a perfect example of be careful who you hang around with. Charlie was mixed up with the wrong group of people. Her crime was being present at the scene. She is just a victim of being present. She had no role in the the murder. She had no role in the murder. No role in the cleanup. No role in this whatsoever. So a judge agreed her original attorney was ineffective and led to a, could have led to a new trial. Instead, with the advice from counsel, Ely chose to take a deal presented by the state's attorney's office, which let her go home. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much she really was involved. I don't know if she really thought they were coming there to scare him. I don't Yeah. I don't know. So. Anyways, she's released. Um, Charlie was freed. Mike is still on death row. Kyle Hooper, Amber Wright, and Justin Soto are still serving life sentences for the murder of Seth Jackson.
0: That's so fucking crazy.
1: I just can't believe that a group of teenagers decided we're going to lead this kid into our home and murder him. Yeah. What kind of fucking... What's wrong with you? Like, that's, that's escalation. That's some, yeah. Yep.
0: Um, again, there are trigger warnings for my story, and they're in the show notes. Mona Fonde was born Nur Mazna Binti Ismail on January 1st, 1956. She started singing and dancing at a young age, and her goal was always to be a famous pop singer. She finally released her debut album in 1987, so she was 31, and it was titled Diana. Her husband, Muhammad Noor Afandi Abdul Rahman, paid for and supported her career as a pop artist in Malaysia. To say she was successful would be pretty inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a dick. (laughs) Sorry. She booked several TV appearances, but that's kind of where her pop career ended. Following her music career, Mona and her husband turned to witchcraft.
1: That makes sense. That's where
0: one goes. Of course. If your pop career doesn't start and take off at 31, just become a witch. They hired an assistant named Jeremy Hassan. She attracted many clients, including politicians from the United Malay's national organization, commonly abbreviated as UMNO. UMNO is the oldest continuous national political party in Malaysia. Okay. Um, it's very similar to um, like the far right here, like the like very conservative is what it, they were like very um, into nationalism and like purity really fucked up shit like really bad so it's like far far like crazy right like okay. not normal um so in 1993 Mona and her husband were approached were approached by Maslan Idris a politician who was running for Menteri Besar of Pahang basically like the leader of that part of Malaysia kind of like a governor okay he wanted a spell or charm that would get him elected for sure. Oh, okay. The couple agreed to make Maslan a talisman and to give him a songkok, which is a hat, like a traditional hat, that was supposedly owned by a former Indonesian president. Mona told Maslan that he would be invincible when he was holding the talisman and wearing the hat. Okay. Okay. Mona set the price at 2.5 million Stop. ringgit. Ringgit is actually Oh my gosh, this was like it's like $12,000 in too US. Much.
1: Still too much.
0: To be guaranteed that you're going to be governor, 12 grand would not be too much, Sarah. 12 grand? It's okay. a guarantee. You get a talisman and a hat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, man okay <clears throat> so she said it was going to be 2.5 million ringgit and maslan agreed he agreed to pay the couple five hundred thousand ringgit and give them 10 land titles as guarantee for the remainder of the cash portion the other 2 million that wasn't being paid um so they made an appointment for a cleansing ritual to get everything started Maslan withdrew 300,000 ringgit from a bank and met with Mona at her house. Mona asked Maslan to lie down on the floor face up while she placed flowers all over his body. She told him to close his eyes and wait for the money to fall from the sky. Maslan closed his eyes. And then Jeremy entered the room and using an axe beheaded Maslan. Why? Why do they do this? Well, what do you think Mona did next? I don't know. Mona went on a shopping spree. Well, okay. Mona bought herself a Mercedes Benz and a facelift.
1: Why the fuck didn't she just let him live and take his money?
0: I don't have the answer to that, Sarah. Okay. Maslan was reported missing on July 2nd, 1993, and on July 22nd, Police found Maslan's body buried roughly six feet below the storeroom of an unfinished house, capped with a concrete slab. His body was in 18 pieces. Oh my god! He'd been dismembered and partially skinned. Ugh! The house was located not far from Mona's. Mona, her husband Afandi, and Jeremy were all arrested and a highly publicized trial began. During and after the trial, Mona Fonde gained more popularity than she'd had during her singing career. They were tried in Temerlo High Court by a seven-person jury. Throughout the trial, Mona was acting pretty strangely. She appeared cheerful, constantly smiling and posing for photographers. She dressed extravagantly in bright colors with bold designs on her clothing. She said, Looks like I have many fans. Okay. Yeah. The trial lasted. So it, the trial took place about two years after these events. Um, so, like in 1995. And the trial lasted for 65 days. Jesus. And heard evidence from 76 witnesses. Ooh. The prosecution said that the money was the motivating factor for the crime.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah
0: took the jury a whopping 70 minutes to reach their unanimous verdict of guilty. I'm so surprised. Effendi and Mona smiled when the jury delivered the verdict. After hearing their sentence of death, Mona reportedly said, I am happy and thank you to all Malaysians. She was photographed smiling as she was led from the courthouse back to jail. All three... Uh, Mona, Afandi, and Jeremy filed appeals to the federal court in 1998, but in 1999, the courts dismissed their appeals and upheld the death sentence. Yeah. They also tried to get pardons or clemency, but that was also denied. Checks out. Yeah. On November 1st, 2001, Afandi and Mona were allowed an eight-hour visit with about a dozen family members. Reportedly, they told their children to grow up and be good people and to take care of themselves. There was a lot of crying and hugging during this long goodbye. Mona, Afandi, and Jeremy were all hanged on November 2, 2001, at Kajang Prison. Prison officials said none of the three showed remorse at their early morning execution. It's reported that Mona said, I will never die, and was calm and smiling. She was 45 years
1: old. She's a damn psychopath. Yep. Well, she was a witch, so she was going to come back. Listen. That's not all branches of
0: witchcraft. Well, it's hers. Like apparently, yes, it was. Um, but that's the story of Mona Fonde. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like literally just like, hey guy, come come in here. Um Bring us this, lots of money, and then, also, if it was 12,000 US dollars, how did you buy a Mercedes-Benz?
1: I don't know. I was wondering that.
0: I have no clue, but that is what, that's the amounts that were provided to me by the magical interwebs, so Mm. I trust them.
1: Okay. Probably.
0: (laughs) Incorrectly. But, (laughs) I mean. When has the internet ever been wrong, Sarah? Riddle me that. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it'll be this.
1: <laughs>
0: Ask Jeeves. That's when. <laughs> Listen, Jeeves knew plenty. Okay. Oh my gosh, lavender's so cute. Okay, let's go grab a drink and come back and talk. Oh my god, I have so much to tell you. Okay,
1: sounds like a plan. Shred. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. This is—is is this our first morning recording? I think so. Hmm. But also, we're recording
0: in the morning because we had grand dreams of recording last night when I got home from the Taylor Swift concert. But however, Sarah
1: went to bed at nine thirty last night.
0: Also, Samantha didn't get home until two a.m.
1: Valid. And so I wasn't going to wake up to. Oh God! I was it. very happy for you, but um. No. no.
0: I'm the one who messaged you. I was like, listen, I'm still in the parking lot. I don't think we can record tonight. And you were like, I fell asleep on the couch. I'm going back
1: to bed. In a bed. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take the dogs and go to sleep in bed. Yeah. I was house sitting. So. Yeah.
0: Five minutes had passed and I sent you a response question and then I realized it had been five minutes and I was like, oh,
1: that bitch is <laughs> asleep. No. You
0: fall asleep so fast.
1: I know. it. Our friend Cheyenne was like... She came over. She was working here and I was like, I'm going to take a quick break and take a nap on my break. And I laid down on the couch and she's like, I thought you were just going to rest your eyes. And then I heard you snoring two seconds later. I was like, yeah, no, I fall asleep. Like it's so quick. Yeah. Like right away. I'm so jealous. I don't even, I don't know anyone else like me. I don't know anyone else who can literally just close their eyes and they're asleep. Any position either. I can be sitting up and I can just close my eyes and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. fell asleep during a meeting one time. Oh, my God. traumatizing. It was years ago. It was back when I lived in the apartments in Iowa. So long ago. But yeah. anyways, I fell asleep during a meeting, and um, I remember you woke me up. You called me, and you're like, you're the only one still in the meeting. Oh, yeah, the department meeting. Yes. That and was I was hilarious. Like, huh. Well, that's because I was sleeping. Yeah. Um, thanks. I'm going to... Go in the lunch coat
0: now. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, the meeting ended like five minutes ago. What
1: are you doing? <laughs> I was sleeping. Amazing. Yeah. It was a long time ago, though. So,
0: yeah. Um, I was in training one time and like drifted off because. the.
1: Oh, that's when you were afraid you snored or something. Yes, I don't know
0: if I was muted. I still don't to this day, but I woke myself up by snoring, you know, <laughs> and um, I was just like Oh my God, I don't know if I'm muted or not. And like,
1: you can't ask.
0: You can't be like, did you guys hear me snore? Right, (laughs) exactly. Be like, I just wanted to say like, oh my God, sorry, my cat. But like a cat can't make that noise. Dogs can. Yeah, but I didn't have one and everyone knew that.
1: No, you were the crazy cat lady.
0: Crazy cat lady.
1: Act like you're normal. (laughs) Try me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you got to go see Taylor Swift yesterday. I did! Oh my god. It was nice. It was really good. Was it everything your heart needed? Um, it was really good. I will say, it was a different experience than I anticipated at times. That doesn't mean it was bad. Except for that six foot man standing directly in front of me. Still pisses you off, huh? Yeah! I mean, I... Yeah, that is the only part that like really disappointed me about my seat was the fact that like there was a six foot tall man in front of me and like I had to look to the left or to the right of him and like actively move my body to be able to see her.
1: Did part of you want to stand
0: on your chair? (sighs) No, because I knew everyone behind me wouldn't be able to see and also security, like I said, was like right by my row. So I figured he was going to be like, Bitch, get off the chair. If you fall, we're all fucked. Correct. Like, (laughs) listen, I know we have insurance, but, like, get down. So, yeah. No. But I was only, like, three seats in from, like, the edge of the stage where we were, which was super cool. Like, she came really close several times. It was so cool. Like... I was I was showing Sarah like the pictures and video this morning. A lot of that where like she's at the end, I'm videoing, but like I am looking with my eyes. Like I don't even know. Half the time I would look back at the camera and it's like only recording dancers and not her, and I'm like,
1: oh crap. <laughs> like that's not what I wanted. Well, your goal was to be present. Yes. So.
0: I wanted to be present and I kept thinking about that every single time she would like start coming to our end of the stage and I was like,
1: Oh my god, I need my phone. <laughs> like,
0: no, don't need your phone, except I did most of the times because I was like, oh, my God, she is so close. Um, But, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Um, I really enjoyed it. Everyone around me was super friendly. Um, You know, I went by myself, which was way outside my comfort zone. But, yeah, I had a good time with it. You did. Yeah. all by yourself. I did. It's just a preview of you
1: going to London.
0: Yes, exactly. Like, there were a lot of people yesterday – like, when I would say, oh, yeah, I'm I'm here by myself, so, you know, I would, I didn't, like, approach, like, a whole big group of people. But, like, when I was in line, when people in front of or behind me were kind of chit-chatting, like, if there was an opening, I, you know, would take it and just, oh, hey, me too, or whatever. And they were super friendly. Like, no one, you know, looked at me like, why the fuck are you talking to us? Which was good.
1: Yeah. No, I would have laughed. Yeah. someone been like. Bitch, do you look like you were invited?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, right? Would I would have just died. died in the spot. I would have <laughs> walked
1: away and been like, I'll find a new
0: line. It's okay. Like, I'll lose my spot. Um. Or just sit there and text you frantically and be like, well, I hate my life. I want to come home. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, everyone was super friendly and they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you came by yourself. Like, good for you. And I was like, well, yeah, I wanted to come and there was one ticket available. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for two. No. Like... There's no one I know that wanted to sit where I wanted to sit, which I knew entailed paying a significant amount of money. Like, I knew that's what that was going to mean. Are
1: you just as excited to go see her in Chicago?
0: Yeah, I'm actually, like, really excited now to go see her in Chicago because... You'll be up. We'll be up really high. I can see all the different things. And um, so they have these giant screens. And I don't know if they will at Soldier Field, too, but... um, I know she'll have the giant screen as part of her back, of course, like the background. But then um, at AT AT&T, they have those giant screens in the center. Well, they were like directly above me. So I couldn't get a great view with those. But I realized that had I gotten a seat in like the 100 level, I absolutely probably would have had like, quote unquote, a better view at times When I was buying tickets, they all looked so far away that I was like, no, I don't want that. I want to be closer. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, shit, any of these would be a great, like, it's not so far apart that like you don't have a good view and the cameras are so big. Like, yeah, it would have been totally fine anywhere I sat, um, which is a cool realization, you know, after After you spent spent a mortgage payment. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Uh. Um, but no, it's totally worth it. I would, I would do it again. I would, I would do it again. I would choose that again.
1: Would you wear the same outfit? Yeah. I liked my
0: outfit. I, I picked the outfit that was going to be the coolest as far as temperature. And I'm glad I did because it was so fucking hot outside. If I would have worn that velvet pantsuit. You would have died. I would have absolutely died. I would have had to get out of the line that I was in and go find a line in the shade. Which there weren't many of. You would have had to,
1: you would have had to have like cut it or something.
0: Like I would probably have would survived. have
1: like rolled the legs up. You would have looked
0: real dumb. And then I would have, yeah. And I would have burned the hell out of my entire leg instead of just the back. Yes. Yeah. Sunscreen. Yeah, I know. I totally should have. And then I, I just kept thinking like, oh, I won't be out in the sun that long. Like, I don't know why I thought that, Sarah. I truly don't. <laughs> I like, don't
1: either. Because.
0: I you, went very early.
1: You, you Yeah. And how did you get there?
0: Um, two.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, like two or two ten. Yep. How was traffic?
0: Um, not as bad as I thought. Like, yes, time did add as I went, but it added like ten minutes total.
1: Oh, that's not too bad. So
0: yeah, it flowed pretty pretty well. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a good drive in. It was easy to find my parking lot. Actually, uh, I had my GPS going to like just AT&T Stadium and then I was like, oh shit, I actually need to go just to my parking lot because I don't want to go to the regular stadium. There's 15 lots. I need to go to the lot. So I canceled my directions while I was sitting in traffic. So I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I'm on this road for three miles. I can, I have time to look. And it was like exit in one half mile. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) I'm in
1: the middle of
0: like all the traffic. So I did. I got over. I exited um, and drove right to my parking lot. That's awesome. Yeah. GPS is magic. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, GPS. Um, But no, oh, my God. It was such a good time. And like I said, everyone around me was super friendly. And like um, the one girl outside that I was talking to, and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you came by yourself. That's so cool. And um, she was definitely younger than me, like 20s for sure. And I was just like, yeah, this is... Something that I like to do personally is like challenge myself. If something scares me, I typically think I should probably do it. It'll lead to growth. And so I was like, yeah, I'm really challenging myself this year. Um, Not only am I seeing Taylor um, alone by myself, I'm going on vacation by myself later this year. And she's like, oh my God, that's going to be so cool. Where are you going? And then I told them and they're like, holy shit, you're going to Europe by yourself? I'm like, yes.
1: Yeah, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Don't tell people that you're by yourself. Why?
0: Not in Europe. Not no. Not men. No, I won't tell anyone in Europe. I'm. Well, I mean, like, listen, no, it's not a first point of conversation. Okay. Like, because like, that's, you're murdered.
1: No, I understand You're going to be on my podcast. Ugh. I want to be like, you know what? I once had this Your really, podcast. It will be then. You'll be then. <laughs> so I want to be like, I really had this great co-star. Y'all remember her? She's co-host, whatever. Bitch is dead. So we're going to talk co-star. about her. Yeah, let's
0: talk about what not to do and it includes not telling people you're by yourself. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, you know, if I'm out in public in Europe, my plan is like, "Oh, no, I'm I'm meeting my whomever later. I'll figure out what I want to say in the moment." Like
1: husband. Husband if, if feeling creepy husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or wife. Oh, that's even better. I that's what
0: I was thinking. I was like, "Do I say husband? Do I say wife? Either could be true." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I saw this, like, video on Facebook, and it was, like, a podcast like this, but they were recording it like they do. Uh-huh. Um, and the guy's like, how do you know you're not gay? Like, if you've never tried it, how do you know you're not gay? And the guy's like, well, let me put it to you like this. I know I don't want to be shot. Okay? I know that. I know. I've never been shot, but I know I don't want to feel a bullet in my skin. Yeah. It's how I feel about getting a dick in my ass. I know I don't want to <laughs> feel that. <laughs> I was like, why are you like my hero right now? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just thought that was really funny, but also valid. Like, I'm never going to question someone why they're homosexual. Why would I question someone why they're heterosexual? Yeah. It's their person. It's it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. It's it's your own
0: self that you know best. Like, it's not my job to question who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, I just think that's rude as fuck. Yeah. People always say it's only like only comment as far as like a homosexual saying it's rude like to ask them, but no, it's rude to ask anyone. Yeah. It
0: is. It's rude to assume someone's sexuality. Like that's a huge thing
1: I see in online gender. communities. Yes. I fucking hate that. Stop assuming someone's gender. And also, they works for everyone. Yes. K shell didn't know. They works for everyone. Yeah. Cause that's non offensive. Not a single person is going to be offended if you say they. Yeah, I mean, if they are, then like if I were
0: talking to someone about you and to be like, oh yeah, they are on my podcast with me. That doesn't mean that you're not who you are. Yeah, it doesn't mean I, I'm it not a... still references you. Yeah, exactly. Like that just they is perfectly respectable for anyone.
1: If... Yes, and I also prefer spouse and partner. That's my personal. Sure.
0: Instead of husband
1: wife. Yes. Okay. I use husband on the podcast because yeah. then they know his gender. But. Why, like, Sarah?
0: Why is it important, Sarah? It's
1: not. Because out <laughs> in like work and stuff, I say partner spouse. Yeah. I say spouse, actually. Yeah. So then they know we're married and I fucked up. Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, do you want to talk about the April Fool's Day prank? <gasps> oh,
1: my God. Yes. Yeah, so funny.
0: <laughs> so funny. Okay, so Sarah and BJ yesterday asked me if I would participate in a prank with them, and they explained it in the morning, and I was like, yes, I'm down. Let's do it. This is going to be very funny,
1: right? And BJ was like almost against it. He was. At first. He, he was, like, was like, like, I don't I really want to do it. Yeah, and I was like, no, I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, I wanted to do it. And then I forgot to do my part because I was getting ready for the concert, um, and I remembered when I was driving home. I was like oh no I didn't send the messages I was supposed to but Sarah told me this morning that they pulled it off and so so I didn't get to BJ did
1: BJ did without me like a fucking asshole because he was all cranky
0: this is really funny
1: okay so (sighs) BJ posted a snapchat of his bicycle and it was a funny one and his sister was making fun of it The prank was against his sister and he wasn't for it. But then she made him mad. So he did it by himself. (laughs) He waited for no help or participation. He was just like, fuck it, this is happening. He goes, uh, no, his sister's name is Holly. He's like, Holly, I fucked up. I fucked up really, really bad. She's like, what? He's like, I I slept with Samantha. (laughs) And she was so mad. She was like, Next realm angry. Yeah. Like, she she believed it. Oh, my God. She was ready to murder him. Yeah. Well, so disappointed in you and him. She texted me later and she's like, you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) How could he do without me? It was...
0: It's extra funny because when you guys first moved here and your apartment was, like, not ready, it was not livable yet, you guys stayed with me for a
1: few weeks and his sister kept asking like no it was his nephew her son who was convinced we were in a thruple." yes and so his sister would relay the questions she's like i know you guys aren't but oh i thought was. she really thought we were no her son oh my did. god no her son it was just okay yeah so but yeah so there
0: were jokes about us being a thruple, and we have totally gone along with it my name in sarah's phone for a while was jackson's second mommy Yeah, what is it now, though, Samantha? I don't fucking remember. Oh, Samantha. Toots McGee? Yeah. (laughs) Toots McGee?
1: You fart more than anyone I know. Yeah, well... It's...
0: Whatever. Better out than in.
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay, Shrek. (laughs) I mean... So, yes, it was... She believed it. She was very mad. She was so mad at BJ. Which is fair. Yeah, and then he... Laughed And her husband was tripping on it. Like, it was a whole
0: family occurrence. Like, yeah. And I had no awareness. No one let me know, like, while I was at the concert. What if she
1: would have texted you? I
0: thought she would have. If she would have, I would have gone along with it because I know that, like, that was part of the plan. So I probably just would have said, like, look, I can't explain. <laughs> I can't explain. There's
1: just something between us. Ugh! I know. And it was funny because then she texted me and she's like, I mean, I know Sarah's cool, but she's not that cool. And I was like, (laughs) no, you wouldn't have a brother anymore. No,
0: no, I would never. Like,
1: so yeah, it was, it was hilarious. It's like the only April Fool's joke I've ever done. Really? Yeah. I've never really been into it. Like, yeah, I didn't even get to be a part of it this time. Fucking asshole. You sure didn't. I was really excited about it. I was like, I had, like, had thoughts. I was going to have somebody to text him and I was going to pretend that I went through his phone. Like, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And then he got pissy and did it all by himself like a douchebag. Yeah. And he did it verbally instead Which of via just text. Which is so Which is so funny. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's funnier that he got her whole real reaction in time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because she's... Very expressive and loud. Yes. I was going to say very expressive. There was
0: someone in line in the uh, bathroom yesterday that I was like, this is Holly. Like, yeah,
1: she's, their whole family, very loud, except for their, their younger sister, but every, all the rest of them are so loud and so expressive and so emotional. And it's like holidays. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's loud. Yeah. I kind of love it though. I know. I was like, but I really like her. I, I love being around their family, like atmosphere. Cause mine's not like that. No, we're, you guys are quiet and reserved. Yeah. What it feels like. But we're very open as a family, like they are, but we're quietly open. Like, Mm -hmm. we talk about everything, but at a normal volume. Theirs is just loud, and it's just exciting, and, like, I don't know. Jackson's loved it his whole life. Yeah. She's one of his favorite people because she's so loud, and he loves it. Yeah. She used to sing to him when he was a baby, and she'd do it so loud. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, the
0: natural, like level for her though yeah. you know like it wouldn't sound normal if she were talking like this I would think she was telling me a secret
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean BJ's just as loud when he's around his family I mean you hear him when he's on the phone oh my god he's so loud he's he so does loud. not realize this but he is so loud
0: he's so loud I thought he had a hearing problem listen BJ we love you me not like that but <laughs> April fools! Yeah. April fools! Holly, sorry I didn't sleep with your brother. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you got fooled. Yeah, I did not sleep with your
1: brother. I did not betray my best friend. Dude, that was so funny though. I'm so jealous. I'm still so mo- I'm a little bit hurt. I'm a little bit hurt that you, you didn't, didn't get to play me. along.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we will think of something really fun that you can do next year. We can prank Jackson.
1: No, oh, I'm going to do it again. I did want to do Jackson. I wanted to do chocolate on my hand and have him bring me toilet paper. <gasps> oh, no. You can do
0: that any day. He doesn't know what day is April Fool's. You could pretend it's today. Do it later. Jackson would not
1: handle it well. No, he would He not. does not do well with bodily anything. I think you should film it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. He would do it because he's such a sweet boy. But then I just can't imagine what his reaction would be. I can't. I cannot. Please film it. How need you just do it while I'm here? When they couldn't get me, I'll just, I'll take all the I'll have you hand him toilet paper. Like I'll leave it somewhere and you could be like, here, your mommy said she needed this. Yeah.
0: Let's do it. I will do it. Yeah. Do we, we have chocolate for sure. I know we have Hershey's up there from when we did s'mores. (laughs) Snores. Snores? Yeah, we did snores and they were so good.
1: Yes. Oh my God. I'm totally going to do it to my son. I'll let y'all know how it goes. Oh my God. I cannot wait. This is going to be so good. He doesn't do well with mess. Especially poop or snot or
0: spit. Oh my God, which is shocking. How is he doing with wiping his butt now? I know you've been. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. not still
1: not good. No, we're working on three wipes flush so he doesn't flush our toilet. Oh, nice. Yeah, flush our it. toilet. Um, But still, the wiping until it's clean, sometimes he feels like it just takes too long. So, oh boy. Which, same, bro, but we still gotta do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, you gotta go until there's nothing left. <laughs> it's not like. It may be a marker day.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna make a joke about a marker. <laughs> Like, look, sometimes it might be like there's a marker, but... You just gotta keep going. You gotta go until it's not marking. Yeah, you just gotta go. And he's like, Mommy, it takes too long. And I'm like, I don't care. Get a clean booty. Yeah. he's like... That's part of it. You gotta clean your butt. He's like, okay. So, yeah, we're working on... Because he can't go to kindergarten and not wipe his own ass.
0: No. Okay, so final thing I wanted to tell you about the concert was the secret songs. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So... Every concert gets two secret songs, right? And so last night she's up there and talking about them. And she goes, and I do take requests if they're phrased nicely. And everyone in our section starts screaming things. And she goes, no, no, I'm sorry, guys. It's too late. (laughs) (laughs) I had to rehearse these all day. (laughs) She's like, these have already been requested. Um, But so one was requested by her... um, One of her like producers and co writers, Jack Antonoff. She's like, Jack is at the show. So he must have been in that tent behind me too, but I never saw him. So sad panda because he's awesome. Um, But Jack Antonoff, oh, which might have meant that Lena was there with him, Dunham. Oh. uh, Because they're married. Oh. But so Jack Antonoff requested Death by a Thousand Cuts.
1: Oh, you love that one.
0: Oh my God. Yes. One of my favorite favorites. I just got goosebumps like talking about it. So she did Death by a Thousand Cuts. And I was just like, Holy fucking shit, this is my dream come true. Like, that's one of my favorite songs, and I'm so excited she did it. And then she goes over to the piano, and she was like, Gracie Abrams, one of her openers, had requested this one, and it was clean. And that is another one of my fucking favorites. Like, I just, like, re-fell in love with that song, like, within the last, like, 12 to 18 months when I first got my AirPods. I Um. listened to it on my AirPods, and I was just, like, entranced. It was so... It just really moved me. The message hit with me. Um, And so we got to do both of those songs. And on Death by a Thousand Cuts, she asked if we could sing the bridge again, like a second time, like after the song ended. She was like, the bridge was really fun. Do you want to sing it again? And we were all like, fuck yes. This is so cool. So she went to do it again and she messed up the words and stopped, laughed at herself and then like went through and she was like, why do I write things like this? Because it was like, um, so the line she messed up was paper cut stings from our paper thin plans. And so she messed it up. And then she was like sitting there and you could tell she was trying to remember the fucking words to her own song. And she was like, why do I do this to myself? Why do I write things like this? Um, but it was so funny because she like wanted to do it again and then messed it up. And it was just such like a real moment. It just felt like, She's a real person. Yeah. It was just, it was really cool to see that, like, someone who is such a perfectionist and is, like, so incredibly great at her craft is still human and can mess, can mess things up and, like, have humility about it. And it was just, it was really cool. Like, yeah. I really, really enjoyed myself. Like I said, I would totally do it again. Um... Yeah, very worth it. And okay. now I cannot wait to start watching the live videos of her performing Oh, yeah, because you weren't
1: watching them because you didn't no. want to.
0: I avoided them hardcore. I did not want to be spoiled by, like, vocals, by, like, her dance moves, by anything. So for those of you who know anything about the tour and have been following... um. Last night was the first time I saw Vigilante shit performed. And I am not kidding you. I just stared and my mouth was dropped. Like, I can't wait to find a video of this and show you. You were so happy. It was like porn, Sarah. <laughs> it was, she did a chair dance. Oh. Like, um, it was sexy. It was so sexy. I literally Are was you just okay? No, I was not okay in the moment. I was literally staring did with my mouth dropped. Did you yourself? No. Oh, okay. I did not, but I literally was like this the whole time. Like could not stop and was just like holy fucking shit. Um Emily was like I need you to get a picture of that ass during that song and she was not performing on the stage closest to me so I she was not close enough for me to get a picture like that I text her back afterward because she's android so our messages were going through I couldn't I message anyone but I could text message Emily yeah and so I was like okay number one she was too far away but number two I was standing there agape okay there was no camera but yeah no it was it was so good I had the best time I wish I could go again tonight like Part of me is like, I wonder if I could find a $100 ticket to go tonight. But then I'd have to pay for parking.
1: And also, you would be so tired tomorrow.
0: I would be. Like if I didn't get home until 2 in the morning, I open at 6.15 on Mondays.
1: Like, <laughs> Lavender woke you up at 7 and you were pissed.
0: <laughs> I was. I was fucking livid. So, Lavender was not conducive to me sleeping after the concert. When I got home at like one forty. She was so excited to see me, which is obviously so cute. But then um, I tried to go like right to bed within like 10 minutes, you know, like changed, took off my glitter and laid down. And then she barked a few times and I was like, oh, crap, she has to go to the bathroom. So I let her outside and then she didn't want to come in because she went outside to get the bones in the yard. (laughs) And I was like, oh, bitch, it's two in the morning. We're not doing this. You're coming inside. So she said, no, no? Oh, yeah. She said no, no. And then I chased her into the yard.
1: Why Um, did I miss
0: that? Yeah. I sent you a Snapchat
1: video. Of you chasing her?
0: No, of me trying to get her to come in.
1: Chasing her is the funny part. Well, yeah, I wouldn't tape that. I know. It's a missed
0: opportunity. Oh, you probably could see it on the cameras. Oh, yeah. We'll see what we get. Um, But yeah, no. And then she, again, at 7 o'clock in the morning, because I don't have curtains in my room, she knows the sun is up. And so she's like, hey, 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 time to get up. Time to get up. Time to get up. And I'm like, I got home five hours ago. It's not time to get up. So then I let her outside at 7 in the morning. And I was going to get her real quick after. I was going to let her go potty and come back in because that's what we do at 6 a.m. most mornings. Then you fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep, and uh, she ate all of Sarah's cigarettes. That's okay. And she was very hyper. Oh my god, yeah, she was very. I think it was the tobacco, yeah, uh, nicotine, whatever. I don't know, but um, yeah, she was incredibly hyper. But she's sleeping now, so that's nice.
1: Yeah, that's because she puked it all puked up. Yeah, poor babe. Four choices were made yeah. on everyone's behalf. Mine yeah. for leaving him out there, you for leaving her out there, and her for <laughs> eating them. It was like an all all It was of a us. perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well. Alright, we've recorded for 10 years. Um, so I think we should wrap it up. Sounds good. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks
1: for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Doom Crew today. We hope you enjoyed our spooky and humorous take on true crime. As always,
0: we want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and
1: Facebook at The Doom Crew Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve the show and reach more listeners who share our spooky sense of humor. So until next time, stay curious,
0: stay spooky, and remember to always look over your shoulder. This has been The Doom Crew, signing Signing off. off.
1: Can we just do one fucking take?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Please, baby.